Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osban, here with my friend, Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachet Chagiga Daf Chet, page eight. The Gemara here has an interesting discussion about where the money can come from in order to purchase the Shlamei Chagiga. And I think one of the things that I'm really starting to appreciate is, A, I do nothing about Korbanos. Well, or really how much Korbanos are not part of my life or how I celebrate Chag. But B, there were all these different types of possibilities of different korbanot you could bring, right? Uh, and then the source of those korbanot, right? Sershani money, Maserbehema, Nidava, Nidarim. There were all different ways to sort of designate money as consecrated or things that had to be brought to uh, the Beit HaMikdash. And so one of the questions this staff is grappling with is, you know, can you combine when you have to buy your Shlame Chagiga? Where's the source of the money? Does it have to be chulin, meaning you just have to take money out of your own pocket? Or could it come from Maser Shani? Remember, Maser Shani was money that you um, you had, uh, you know, fruits or vegetables that you took Maser from. You weren't going to be able to sort of, uh, to be eaten in Yerushalayim. Obviously, if you waited long enough, uh, the fruit or vegetables were going to go bad. So you basically sort of redeem it for money. And then you're supposed to take that money. And then when you go up to Yerushalayim, presumably around the time of the Chagim, you purchase something in Yerushalayim and then you eat it there, which, by the way, is a whole fascinating um, way to, I think, construct the economy <laughs> um, that there's sort of you're forced to purchase. Um, it's sort of like an automatic gift shop in Yerushalayim, right? You know, the way now you go to like a museum or an amusement park and you end up in the gift shop. So this is, you know, actually the Torah thought of this much, much earlier. You're forced to buy something when you visit there, because you, you basically have to use your Master Shani money. So they quote from a Brisa that was given over on the previous Amud on Zion Bet. Amar Mar, right, the, mar, uh, the Master said in the Brisa, Beit Hela Omrin min Hamaser. Beit Hela says that Shlame Chagiga can actually come from Master Shani money. Gemara wants to ask, is this is really true? Amai, why should it be so? Davar Shebechobahu, right, Shlame Chagiga is a Choba, it's a mandatory offering. Any mandatory offering should only come from unco- from unconsecrated property. In other words, your Maser Shani money is already Hegdesh. So something that is mandatory to bring shouldn't come from Hegdesh property already. I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's sort of like you're, uh, you had to use that Maser Shani money anyway, so why should you be allowed to use it on something else that you have to do also? Amar Ula, so Ula answers, Bitofel. Beit Hillel is basically talking about a case where you supplement the money used to buy the Shlame Chagiga with some Maser Shani money. So now the Amarayim want to discuss how does that apply? How could you actually do the supplementation? Chizkiah Amar, so Chizkiah says, Toflin Behema Lebehema. We can supplement an animal that was bought basically with Hulin money, the correct way to buy the Shlame Chagiga, with another animal bought with Maser Shani money. So in other words, Let's say you have a lot of people at your table that you got to feed for for Chag, right? And one animal isn't going to be enough. And you have to buy, you have to bring several animals for your Shlame Chagiga. So what Chizkiah is saying is what you do is one of the animals has to be entirely purchased with Kulin money. And then the other animals could be bought with Master Shani money. So as long as you have one animal where you fulfilled the Chobah of Shlame Chagim, uh, Chagim, that's totally fine. Okay. Uh, so, so that's what you that that's how you would sort of supplement. So you have one fully, you know, hulin, and then the rest could be with your master shani. But Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Rabbi Yochanan says, Tofli ma'ot li ma'ot. 
he says you actually can, um, oh, sorry, the ain't ma'ot ma'ot. Sorry, but Chizkiah says, I, I, I didn't read the end there. You cannot supplement an, uncon- you know, uh, like money, unconsecrated money with Master Shani money to buy a single animal. So you can't combine it to buy one animal, but separate you can do full chulin, full Master Shani. You have two animals at least at your table. Um, and, and that's how you can do it. For Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan feels you can combine the money for the purchase of a single animal, right? The ain't of lean behema le behema. But you cannot supplement an animal brought, bought with chulin with another animal bought with Master Shani. So in other words, according to Rabbi Yochanan, if you have to buy several animals for your Shlame Chagiga, right, all of them would fall under the category of being the chova of Shlame Chagiga being mandatory. So you cannot buy any of them with full Master Shani money. All of them have to be a little bit Chulin money and a little bit Master Shani money. Um, and uh, and that's, what it, that, that's what you have to do. Um, and so then the Gemara basically uh, gives a Tanaitic support for this Machlokas of the Amorayim. Um, right, Tanik Havadei de Chizkia, Tanik Havadei de Rabbi Yochanan. Um, and so they basically, what this has to do with is an interpretation of a particular pasuk. Tanik Havadei de Rabbi Yochanan, it was taught in a brisa according to Rabbi Yochanan, um, Misat, when the Torah says Misat, right, which means unconsecrated. This is the pasuk in Devarim chapter 16, verse 10. So this is one of these great examples where the Gemara just quotes one little word, but you really need to see the entire pasuk. The Basuk reads, Vasita Chaga Shabuot Lashem Elokecha, Misat Nidvat Yadecha, Asher Titain Kasher Yivarecha Hashem Elokecha. Right? You shall observe the uh, festival Shabuot for Hashem, your God, with the Misat, right? So some English translations will say the tribute of your voluntary offerings, which you will give to Hashem, your God, uh, will bless you and God will bless you. Right, so milamed sheadam may be chovato minachun. So the word misat, right, which means your tribute, means uh, you a man brings the chova offering from chulin. Uminayin sheim ratzal lareid mareid. And from where do we know that you can mix though? Um, you know, basically chulin with consecrated money to buy the chova. Talmud lomar kasher yibarecha Hashem elokecha. Right, that as Hashem your God will bless you. In other words, the idea being that the word Yivarecha uh, is all things that God blesses you with. So therefore you can mix, right, the unconsecrated with the consecrated money. And so this is like Rabbi Yochanan, where he's saying that it, in the individual animal, you can mix it together, right? Tanya Kavadei to Chizkiah, but according to Chizkiah, right, who said that you have to have one animal that has to be fully purchased with only Hulin, and then one animal that can be with the Maser Shani after that, Right, so his price is misat again, quoting that same pasuk. Right, that a person has to bring the chova from the chulin, what's mandatory from the chulin, and has to be fully from chulin. Um, now they're going to bring another machlokas about this. Beit Shammai says the shlame chagigo the first day has to be fully from chulin. But afterwards, shlame chagigo can be purchased with master sheni money. Right? Beit Hillel says the first eating, in other words, the first Shlami Chagiga that you're going to eat has to be from Chulin. But afterwards, right, even if it's brought in the first day, it can be from Maser Shani. So, in other words, you just have to make sure that the first one you ate was a full Chulin uh, Shlami Chagiga. 
and then it goes on to say, Ushar kol yimot ha-Pesach, and all the remaining days of Pesach, Adam Yitzay Devach Yidei Chovatoba Master Behema. The rest of the days of Pesach, you could basically bring, there they're talking about the case of Pesach, you could bring it with even Maser uh, Behema. So again, now we have even a third category in here, right? So we have Chulen, we have Maser Shani, and now we have Master Behema, right? So Master Behema is, is that uh, every 10th animal that you had that was born needed to be brought to the Beit HaMikdash. It's, it's a straightforward Maser. Um, and so then the question is, okay, the Yom Tov, my time alone. So the question is, according to Beit Hillel, why can't you do Maser, Shane, Maser Behema on Yom Tov? I'm a Ravashi, so Ravashi answers, Dilma Ate Yom Tov, right? Because you're not actually allowed to take Maser on Yom Tov. The E of Charlotte, and so we want to make sure that you wouldn't separate this Maser Behema on Yom Tov. The E of Charlotte, Yom Tov, right? And so Mishum uh, Sikrata, right? So, and since you can't do uh, separate Maser Behema on Yom Tov, because Part of that is, is that you would have to put the red dye on the designated animal so that you would remember that was the animal you designated, Master Behemoth, and you can't do that on Yom Tov. So therefore, we don't even allow you to bring a Master Behemoth animal on Yom Tov. Again, these are like all things that I think are totally not part of our halachic life now, but it's interesting to see all the multiple pathways of how Korban could be brought from Hulan money, from Master Shani money, and then you even have your Master Behemoth animals and then trying to fit it in into all these categories of can this be, does this fulfill the designation of Shlame Chagiga uh, or does it not? So uh, it just a, a whole category of halacha that I think many of us are just completely unfamiliar with. I feel like a little bit like we have wandered into tax law, meaning not really tax law, not, not the issue of taxes, but that morass of, you know, details that are so critical and so clear once you know them but you have to know them and to get a handle on it. This is one of those dapim. I feel like to really like internalize this material would take a good amount of time. And I'm sure that at the time, some of the people showing up, you know, knew it all cold and other people were going around like, wait, which, what do I need to do now? Because I feel like that's, that's what this daf just presented to me, right? Like the, the variance, like um, the permutations that you might not always be keeping in your head. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you. It's very, very intricate. All right. Now I think we're going on to the new Mishnah. Yes. And I want to note that, again, this is another time. And I'm sure there's like maybe somebody's written a doctorate on this or something. The way the Gemara that precedes the Mishnah that talks about something also talks about it. So, Yardana, you've now talked about um, the issue of, um, uh, I'm sorry, the issue of combining, right? We're going to talk more about combining on this Mishnah from this Mishnah and on this Mishnah, but you've already talked about it before we even got to this Mishnah. Um, okay. <clears throat> you have a lot of eaters in your household, a lot of people, and not so much actual property, meaning you don't have enough money to, you know, spread the wealth amongst your own family so much. So then the... The recommendation here is, or it's stated as a an option anyway, right? That person may bring many shlamim, so then people will eat, right? They'll eat from the korban, korbanot shlamim, and not so many olot. You could just bring a few olot. What about the reverse? If you, in fact, have 
a great deal of wealth and not so many eaters in your family. So then bring the opposite. Bring a lot of burnt offerings, you know, the olot, that will be fully consumed giving to as gifts to Hashem. And not so many shlamim because you don't have to feed so many people. What if you have not so many people but also not so much money? So that's where we, you know, the, the Mishnah here applies the statement that said um, earlier um, about, you know, there's an example of what's the smallest that you could bring. You could bring um, meaning you bring one right, that's the silver coin for the Ola, and then the two coins for the Shlamim. So here the Mishnah is taking a position on the Beit Shammai Beit Hill Machloket from the begin from the first Mishnah. Zev is Rubim. You have a lot of people, but you also have the wealth to to you know to provide. Then on you know the the Mishnah here applies to this person, the person who has a lot of wealth and a lot of people. Uh, the verse from Devarim Ted Zion sixteen Deuteronomy. Every person shall give as he is able. It says really, Ish. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of God, which he has given you. Meaning, be grateful. Be grateful that you have both many people to provide for and also the, you know, the exquisite means to do so. Now the Gemara, the Gemara comes and talks on this Mishnah and says, you know, we're talking about, it opens with this case of the person who has a lot of, People, a lot of people who are eating and not so much property. You can bring a lot of shlamim. So then the Gemara wants to know, really? Like, is that a feasible response? Shlamim ruby mehechamaiti. How are you going to bring so many shlamim? Meaning that also costs money. And if anything, we've just established in the second half of the Mishnah, right, that you're going to spend more coin on shlamim to begin with. So the Gemara says, Halaitle. He doesn't have anything, right? Like, he doesn't have that much money. He doesn't have that much property to be able to bring a lot of shlamim. So how is this a solution? I'm Rav Chista. So Rav Chista says, join your what your own money together with the Maser Shani money and bring a large bull. Meaning, if you combine your efforts, then you end up, you can, I don't know, like, designate... you. Take take that, you combine your resources and you can then dedicate it towards one large animal as opposed to many smaller animals, you know, which is sounds different from the many shlamim, right? But the idea is that you'll actually, that consolidation will end up um, putting you ahead. You'll get more for your money. So Rav Sheshit says, and this is a very puzzling statement even to the Gemara, that the sages said that you can combine an animal with another animal, meaning behema le behema. Toflin, tofel here is the word to combine. So Rav Sheshit said you can combine one animal with another animal, and the Gemara is going to say, wait, what? What does that mean, Rav Sheshit? So what is his response to Rav Chista? What is Rav Sheshit saying? Is he saying that you can combine, you can only combine an animal with an animal, meaning, obviously not literally, right? But that you can to, you can bring more than one animal together as your korban. Or, and that you cannot combine money with money, 
to then purchase one large animal, meaning is he critiquing the suggestion of one large bull? Or um, of a lomaot, lomaot, lomaot. So then let him just say, you can't combine maot. Why is he saying you can combine animals? So rather, let's understand. Then, then the point that is not that you can't combine the funds, but that you could also combine the animal. Meaning, what do you need? One large animal. You could actually end up getting, you know, several smaller animals, right? Whatever. It's still going to count as the same kind of korban. And so that's where I suggest, you know, that the the practicalities of this is exactly where we have our pilgrims here, you know, the Ole Regal, who will be saying like, okay, but can I do this? But can I, will this work? And the, I imagine that the all the shopkeepers and there's going to be like, I don't know, sages on the street corners helping people figure fi- find their way to figure out what whether it's allowed or not allowed. I understand that the Amorayim here are talking long after the actual um, events of being able to go purchase these carbonate in the Beit HaMikdash, but I still like this, you know, the picture that I've drawn in my head of um, the need for expert consultation as you come across your own parameters, how are you going to personalize, how are you going to be able to do what you need to do, you know, according to the general requirement under your own personal circumstances. Well, that's our DAF discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hydrum website. Let us know what you thought about this DAF on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.